0: Two more sleeps until the Premier League season kicks off. This is the Two Footed Podcast on Thursday, September the 10th. I'm Dave Hendrick and we are brought to you today by eplindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider and you can find all their services at libertyshield.com. So, if you've been listening this week, I've previewed the 20 teams that will take part in this year's Premier League season. Started off Monday with Arsenal through to Crystal Palace. Tuesday then, Everton through to Manchester City. And then yesterday, Newcastle through to Wolves. So if you've listened to those, you know my thoughts on those teams. One thing I did miss out on when talking about Newcastle was that they do have Emile Craft, And if they're going to play a back four this year, maybe they don't need that right back. Kraft and Manquillo will probably be more than enough to get them through the season. So maybe that's not a need. Just goals. Go and find more goals, Newcastle. Um, one other thing to note as well, the transfer of Ollie Burke to Sheffield United and Callum Robinson to West Bromwich Albion took Place. I like the move a little bit more for Sheffield United just in terms of taking that gamble on a huge talent than I do for West Brom. I, Robinson's a good player. He just doesn't solve the lack of goals. That's the still the issue for them is a lack of goals. They need to get that Carlin Grant deal across the line if they can. But today, today is prediction day. So what I'm going to do today is give you my predictions for player of the year, manager of the year, golden boot, first manager sacked, top three promoted from the championship, and then some breakout stars. Players that I think could have a big impact this year in the same way that Mason Greenwood did last year. Baki Osaka did last year. Phil Fodden did last year. Uh, tried to limit the players with less than 10 Premier League appearances to their name. Um, not counting players who've played in the championship a lot uh, and come up. So the likes of Ben White, Grady Diangana, Eberichi Easy, Nathan Ferguson... Um, Matty Cash, Ollie Watkins and Jaden Bogle, I think they're all going to have really good seasons and be really good Premier League players, but they're not included in that that list I've got for the breakout star. So I'll start off with player of the year. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne won it this year, clearly deserving a phenomenal season from a phenomenal player. I think he'll be one of the favourites to win it again next year because he is a, a top two at the very least top two player in the Premier League I think Van Dijk is the only player you could say is on his level Um, but I think we're going to see somebody else win it and I think that somebody else could be Sadio Mane of Liverpool now for me Mane was Liverpool's best player this past season and should have won the football writers player of the year if it was going to go to Liverpool player as sensational and won Liverpool an awful lot of points that they probably shouldn't have won through a period of time where they didn't play well, where the midfield became very stale. uh, They weren't getting good performances from their number eights. They weren't getting any creativity from that area. And Mane time and again would come up with game winners. And I think he's going to do the same again this year. And I think we'll see more of him playing in a central area as well. It wouldn't surprise me if he starts to play a little bit more instead of Bobby Firmino. With someone like Minamino coming in on the left, rather than Minamino as a straight replacement through the middle. So, Sadio Mane is my prediction for player of the year. Manager of the year is very difficult. Generally, it goes to whoever wins the league, but I hope it goes to somebody else this season, just to make it a little bit more interesting. And the person that I've picked, who I think could take his team. A fair step forward and really build his own reputation this year is Graham Potter of Brighton. I expect Brighton to have a good season and I think Potter is going to be one of the standout managers of the year. Now, there's a lot of candidates for that. There's obviously Klopp. There's obviously Pep. Mourinho, if Chelsea get back on track. uh, Arteta, if Arsenal were to jump into the top four. Um, You could see... Ralph Hasenhutl, if if Sid Hampton took a big jump, he could be a contender as well. But for me, I'm going to go with Graham Potter to win manager of the year. The golden boot, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I think he's the most lethal goal scorer in the league at the moment. And I think Arteta has really tapped into something with him. Arsenal play very much true Aubameyang. So, a lot of what they do will involve him either as the last touch or the second-to-last touch. And that's just getting him more opportunities. And it's maximizing the player they have. And he's 30 now, so they they have a short window with him. And they need to get every little bit that they can from him because with the new contract, they're basically saying, look, we're never making any money back from our investment in you other than if you can get us into the Champions League, that's where we'll make the money back. I think Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang could even challenge 30 goals this season in the Premier League, which doesn't happen very often. But he absolutely has the talent. Arsenal have really good attackers. They're building a defence. If they can just get that midfield to home a little bit better, if they can get a little bit more creativity from the midfield, I think Aubameyang will have another great season. He's been tremendous since arriving from Dortmund. I think Arsenal fans should be really excited about what he can be as this team gets better. So he's my pick for uh, for the golden boot. This isn't a nice one. First manager sacked. Again, I think there's a, a couple of contenders here. But I'm going to go for David Moyes. Because I think West Ham are having an absolutely awful summer. I think they've had the worst window by far. Uh, They haven't bought anyone, but they sold a really good young player. And then they had their puppets in the media making their excuses for them about how they have eight players that can play in wide roles. I've been through the squad. No, they don't. They might have eight players that can go and stand in a wide position. That doesn't mean they can actually play there. Um, Selling Grady Diangana was a very, very stupid move. They haven't strengthened anywhere. They need major, major help in defence. They need a right back, a left back, and a central defender. I would personally like to see a, a better goalkeeper as well. I, I think Fabianski's a decent keeper. He's a good shot stopper, but he's a very nuts and bolts type of goalkeeper. Um at the things the basic things you expect a goalkeeper to be good at, he's good at. But outside of that he's not. Um and he's also thirty five now, and their goalkeepers are all older. Thirty four and above. So I would like to see that as well. So I think they need four. And that's assuming Moyes can get the best out of Felipe Anderson, Manuel Lanzini, Yarmolenko, Sebastian Haller, and all these quality attacking players, Pablo Fornells. If he can't get anything out of those, and I'm not sure he can, then I think West Ham will be in trouble early. And I think Moyes will be the one to get the chop there. Um, top three from the championship I think Watford will bounce back. I like the, the hiring that they made as at ma- manager with Illich. I like that they so far have hung on to most of their best young players. Um, I think there's a real chance for them. I think, you know, selling Decore is obviously a blow, but it gives opportunities to others and maybe makes the team a bit more balanced. Now, we'll see what happens with the rest of the window, whether they can keep the rest of their players together. Strong rumours that Ishmael Assar could go. Will Hughes has been linked to a couple of teams. Uh, Jared De La Fea has been linked to a couple of teams. I think I've linked them to Leeds. So uh, I saw that going around on social media as well, that they were interested. Hopefully that's true. I think he'd be a great fit there. Um, but I think Watford are in a really good position to bounce back up. I think Brentford, I think this will be the year. Maybe that's more in hope than expectation. Um, but they've only lost Ollie Watkins so far. Now I do think they'll probably lose Ben Rama. I think someone will eventually pay the money for him. He's too good to be a championship player, in my view. But I really like the addition of Ivan Tony and Buemo will stay another year, and he is the most talented player of the group that they had. They keep the midfield together, maybe add one more body in defence. Arsenal are sniffing around the goalkeeper. I wouldn't be against selling him because I think he can upgrade. Um, I think Brentford will be in with a real shout. And then my my third team, I'm going to take a punt and I'm going to punt on Cardiff. Um, I thought they were quite strong last year. They've kept most of their group together and they have sacked a player, which is unusual. But I do think. I do think they can, um, I think Cardiff will be in the playoffs at the very least, and I think they have an outside shot of being next season's Fulham. That little bit of a surprise package that, you know, you kind of expect to be borderline playoffs. You don't think they're going to get up, and then they surprise you because they've got a lot of grit, a lot of determination, well drilled. So uh, Watford, Brentford, and Cardiff City are the three that I'm calling to come up. Now watch, none of them come up. Um, Right, the breakout stars. So initially I had five. I've kind of added a sixth. But one of them needs a a loan to become that breakout star. So Curtis Jones at Liverpool is the first one. I I expect a massive season from him. I think he's got incredible natural ability. He might be more naturally gifted than Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Can play as a 10, can play as an 8, can be used off the left in the front three. I can see him taking minutes off senior players in the midfield three this year. He brings creativity and goals to the Liverpool team. He's bulked up as well. He's noticeably bigger this year. He's noticeably stronger as well. He's got supreme confidence in his own ability. Klopp absolutely adores him. And it wouldn't surprise me if he plays quite a big part for Liverpool this year. Uh, The next one then is Tariq Lamptey who joined Brighton in January, only, I think, eight Premier League appearances so far. I think he's going to be really important for them. If they go with a back three and unleash him as a wing-back, I think he is going to impress absolutely everybody in the league. Uh, Has work to do defensively, but going forward, really good instincts, really good pace, tricky player, good final product. Tariq Lamptey is number two. Ethan Ampadu, I I think he's I think he's sensationally good and I think Chelsea have been silly to loan him out and Sheffield United have been incredibly smart to bring him in uh be it at holding midfield or at central defense I think he finds his way into the Sheffield United team as a regular starter within a couple of months and stays there and I you know with Chelsea they could well loan him a second year if he does well and they don't feel like they have a need for him Um, and Sheffield United, I think, would do, would benefit from keeping him for a couple of years and he'll benefit as well. So he, he's number three. I think Jacob Ramsey at Aston Villa looks like a very talented player. Villa, I felt needed to upgrade their midfield this season. They haven't done that. And maybe that will create opportunities for him. Now, his brother, Aaron Ramsey, is meant to be very talented as well, but he's probably a year or so away. Maybe two years away. I think he's only 16 from uh, breaking into the senior squad. But Jacob Ramsey at Aston Villa, I could see getting important game time and impressing on a regular basis. Now, the next one I've got is Rian Brewster. Um, But it's purely on the basis of, I think Liverpool are about to sell him to fund other moves. And I think if he goes to either Sheffield United or Brighton as a natural goal scorer, going to teams that will create chances for him under tactically innovative managers who want to play an attacking style of football, I think he will score a lot of goals. And it wouldn't surprise me if he scores enough goals to get his way into the England squad for next year's European Championships. I think Brewster's a naturally gifted finisher. Really clever, really good movement. Scores all types of goals. Massive confidence in himself, and that's that's so important. You look at Mason Greenwood playing as gifted as he is. If he didn't have that incredible confidence in himself, I think Mason Greenwood wouldn't be the player that he showed last year. I think I think Brewster's an even better natural finisher than uh, than Greenwood. Now Greenwood's numbers last year, his conversion rate was ridiculous. He's not going to maintain that if he does. He's basically Gerd Muller, but even better. Uh, so that's unlikely. Um, but I think I think if Brewster leaves Liverpool, he's one to watch. I think he'll be big. Uh, and the other one then is Emil Smith-Rowe. But he needs a loan, and it needs to be a Premier League loan, obviously, for him to qualify for this. I think he is as gifted as any of the young players coming through at Arsenal. Saka, Martinelli. Nelson and Kethia but he's kind of caught in an awkward position where this, his ideal role doesn't really exist in what Arteta wants to do and if it does Danny Ceballos is probably ahead of him and they've just you know agreed to bring him back on loan so he's going to play um, I think Emile Smith-Rowe could fill, uh, fill in for a number of Premier League clubs and really impress as a creative midfielder who can play in a three and drift wide and not not to make the comparison to one of the best players in the league, but he's got a little bit of Kevin De Bruyne about him. A little bit of Kevin De Bruyne about him. Um, there's something that RB Leipzig saw in him two years ago where they brought him in and they wanted to keep him and Arsenal weren't willing to let him go. He's hugely talented, but he needs to start stepping up. He needs to get a real opportunity this year in the Premier League, I think. Because, you know, last year he... Had a decent season, but it was difficult. It was a difficult situation for him last season in the championship at Huddersfield. Who, if we're all being honest, had a dreadful start to the season, and then you know we're we're always clawing their way back and we're fighting from behind. Now, Danny Cowley's a really good manager, and I thought he did um, did really well with him. A really good quote from Cowley uh, because the fans were crying for him to get more minutes. He was really impressive. And Cowley said, we have to be very protective of him, which none of us like. I actually boo myself when I take him off. It's not something I want to do. Um, if he goes back to the championship, he'll do well again. But he is 20 now, and I'd like to see him get in Premier League minutes. He needs to get a little bit stronger. That's the He's a little bit lightweight. That's the only knock I'd have on him. But the talent level is, is very, very high. Um, so that's, that's my six. Jones, Lamptey, Ampadu. Ramsey Brewster and Emile Smith-Rowe there's others Martinelli Elliott Arsenal if he gets games will have a big season I think looked looked a huge talent before the injury last year problem for him is that you know they're already so loaded in attack Aubameyang Pepe Lacazette Willian and Ketia. those are probably all ahead of him at, the t- at this moment it's probably him and Reese Nelson then fighting for that sixth role. If either him or Nelson or even Nketiah get a loan, um, they could really take off, really, really take off. Like, if Sheffield United managed to buy Brewster, then Brighton could look to loan Nketiah. I think Brighton need a different type of striker. I think they need more of a target man type, um, that their smaller, nippier players can play off. Uh, Weghorst is the one I recommended. I think he would work really well there um as kind of your you know your modern day upgraded um version of Glenn murray i think i think that'll be the the perfect fit for them um so now my premier league uh, prediction for the actual table this is really hard and this took me a substantial number of hours to go through but i've got i've got 20 and i'm i'm quite happy with it so i think there's five groups in the premier league i think there's the title contenders the champions league contenders the europa league contenders then there's the relegation likelies and then there's this other group which could go either way they could jump themselves into the the top eight or nine and challenge for Europa League or they could slip and end up in a relegation battle. So in in terms of title contenders, I think there's two. Liverpool and Man City. And I, I think Liverpool will win the league this year. Now that may be a little bit of bias shining through. Maybe. But I don't think City have addressed their needs And I think Pep, in potentially his last year at the club, because his contract expires at the end of the season, remember, and there's been no real talk that he wants to stick around, that he's looking to extend. You know well that Barca have already been on the phone offering the keys to the kingdom. I'd imagine Juventus have already been on offering offering him the keys to the kingdom. He'll get an offer from PSG and anywhere he wants, really. And I wonder if their focus in this kind of really tight season where there's just game after game after game, I wonder if their focus might be drawn to the Champions League, which has been the entire purpose of that uh, project at Manchester City since day one, is to win the Champions League. And I wonder if Pep won't ever so slightly sacrifice in the Premier League to try and win that Champions League. So that's a big factor in why I'm saying Liverpool over Manchester City. Now, I think it'll be close. It'll be closer than last year. And it wouldn't surprise me if it went the other way and City won. But those two will be the top two. I don't see any way that that's not the case. But I am picking Liverpool first, Man City second. So the Champions League contenders, then, I, think there's, I think there's three real ones. I think there's a couple that will be in the mix up until February, March and then fall away. But I think there's three real Champions League contenders for the third and fourth spots Chelsea, Manchester United, and Spurs. I think they're the three. Spurs will be an awful lot better than last year, purely by having people fit. I, it's hard to see that Deli Ali won't have a bounce back year. It's hard to see that Endon is not better. They've made decent buys. Mourinho's had a full, kind of nearly a year now in the job. It's his team now. You know whether he bought the entire team or not, it is now his. It's not just working with house money as he was last year. United haven't done enough. They have not done enough this summer to keep themselves in the top four, is my view. Now, that may change. Obviously, there's a month left in the transfer window, so all of this is subject to change. But for right now, if I look at United's best 11 and I look at Spurs' best 11, I take Spurs' best 11 all day, every time. They're just better. They've got a better manager. They've got more experience of winning games. I think Spurs are third. Chelsea have immense amounts of talent arriving. Chilwell, Havertz, Werner... Um, Zayich, all very, very good players. Ha- Havertz is spectacular. It's going to take time for this team to gel. There's a, 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 Edward Mendy's about to arrive as the new goalkeeper. Thiago Silva came in. That's six new starters. And I think there's still holes at central defence. And I'm not sold on Mendy, but he is an upgraded goalkeeper. So, they still hold at central defence. I don't think there's the right balance in midfield. But talent-wise, they're absolutely top four. It'll take them a bit of time for everything to gel. But I do think they will gel. So, I'm picking Chelsea to finish fourth. And unfortunately for United, as things stand, I think they have the worst starting 11. I think they've got bigger holes. And I think they've got the worst manager of the three. Jose is by far the best of the three. It's not even close. I think if my life depended on it and I had to pick one of them, I'd pick Frank over Ollie. Over I wouldn't be keen on either. I'm not sold on either. As I've said before, I've seen nothing to suggest that Frank is good enough to manage Chelsea. Alternatively, I've seen nothing to suggest he isn't good enough. With Ollie, I've seen nothing to suggest he's good enough to man- manage Manchester United. I- I have seen stuff to suggest he's not. He was a disaster at Cardiff. He was okay at Moulder, but they got better when he left. United stagnated last year. They didn't get better. They didn't get worse. They were just the same. 66 points in a weakened league last year compared to the year before. is not good. But they did get third place on goal difference from Chelsea. That, again, was largely down to Leicester bottling it so badly. I think United will have a tougher season this year. I don't think the Sancho thing gets done. If it does, it changes things massively. But they'll still have the same holes. They'll still need a centre-back. They'll still need a holding midfielder. But they will be that much better going forward. So maybe it balances itself out. And they fire themselves into the top four. But as things stand, I'm, I'm putting them fifth. The next group then is your... Europa League contenders, and I think there's four in that group this year. Arsenal, Everton, Leicester City, and Wolverhampton Wanderers. I like what Arsenal have done so far this summer. Uh, I like the approach they're taking. I think they're building slowly. I think they've got faith in Arteta. I think winning the Cup uh, last season has earned him plenty of rope. I think they're probably looking at it as a two-year project to get back into the top four. I think that's smart. I think that's the only way they can do it. A lot of Arsenal fans want them to go and spend a a load of money and just go for it. And what happens if they miss? What happens if they miss? Then you've got a load of players who you bought on the promise of, we're going to have Champions League football in a year, so you know come on board and let's go. And if you miss, then you don't have Champions League football. They're all going to start to get twitchy feet. The manager then is going to be under massive pressure because the owners will want the return on investment. You lumber yourself with a lot of expense. At the moment, Arsenal can't afford. So I think they're better off just, you know, smaller steps, cautious movements. I like Gabriel bringing back Saliba off the loan. Not overly keen on William, but he is what he is. He's an addition. He he will help. Ceballos played there last year. Knows the system. Knows how Arteta wants it to work. I still think one more in midfield this year. And then next year, maybe there's only one or two pieces you need to add. Right wing back. Another centre back. Move forward. Um, Maybe a goalkeeper at that point as well. I think Arsenal are, are, are sixth this year. I've got Wolves in seventh. Um, they they still need to address that right right wing back situation because Doherty leaving's a big blow. Johnny Otto switching across isn't going to fix it. I do think Venegra over Otto on the left is an upgrade. There's talk of Alex Tellez. Who knows? Vitania is the newest young Portuguese. Uh, Jorge Mendes. Client, I suppose, uh, to arrive. Another attacking midfielder. Meant to be very talented, but uh, not really filling a need there. I'd love to see them go by Max Ahrens, but he's not owned by, or he's not, he's not uh, represented by Jorge Mendez, so probably unlikely. But I think Wolves, good manager, good attacking players. Defence is much better as a unit than the individual pieces would suggest it should be. And Ruben Neves is a great midfielder, uh, as is Jermotinho. I think they've got enough, and I have them in seventh for the season. Uh, I've got Everton in eighth. Uh, the first year of Carlo's real tenure. Last year, of course, takes over mid-season, plays with house money. Doesn't really go all that well. But this summer, he's made moves. Uh Hammers Rodriguez, I like the signing. I like the ambition with that one. Alam, I love the signing. I think he's a great player. ducoure I'm not sold on. I've said before. I think he disappears in over half your games. Unless they're on the TV, I, I don't think he turns up a lot. Um, but they've got quality. I think they still need they still need more. They need a right back. That's that's got to be priority right now. Is to sort that right back position. I, I don't rate Pickford. I, I think he's a good shot stopper, but too many mistakes, poor concentration, overrated usage of the feet. Uh, he, like he, He's talked about as if he's Ederson or Allison, and he's nowhere close to that level. Um, for me, he's England's fourth best goalkeeper behind Pope, Henderson and McCarthy. And maybe Fraser Foster push, pushes him down to fifth. So... I wouldn't be sold on them if that's a position I'd look to upgrade if I was the Av. Uh, but they probably won't do it this year just with the budget. So I've got Everton in eighth, I've got Leicester in ninth, and this is—they're the team that has the potential. And I said this—I said this the other day. They have the talent and the potential to be a Champions League contender. Their first eleven is excellent. It's better than United, I think. It's better than Chelsea's even with the new additions. Purely on the basis they've played together for a couple of years. Um I just worry that the hangover from last year will be a little bit hard to overcome. Without a proper preseason, they haven't really made any improvements to the team. Timothy Castnier is a decent signing to replace Ben Chilwell, but as a left back in a four, he's definitely a downgrade. As a wing back in a, a you know, back three a three one four two, you'd imagine Brendan will play. Maybe Castanier is about even with Chilwell in that, that regard because uh, he's played in that system so much. But, I mean, they haven't upgraded centre-back. They haven't upgraded in attack. I worry about Brendan's ability to turn things around when they go badly. I've got Leicester in ninth, I'm afraid. Um, after that, I, I do think there's a gap. I think there's there's a big gap between Liverpool and City. And the Spurs, Chelsea, United group. I think then there's a smaller gap from that 3-0 to Arsenal, Wolves, Everton, and Leicester. And as I say, I, I do think Leicester have the talent, and one or two additions, they could bridge that gap and jump themselves into that into that uh, that mix for Champions League spot. They've so many good players, so many good players, but I do think there's a big gap from those nine to the rest. Um, in the next group then, I've got Southampton, Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, Leeds and Aston Villa. And that's how I've listed them for league position. I've got Southampton 10th. I think they come into the season on a high off last year. I think they've made good additions. Salisu at centre-back is an upgrade. Him and Bednarak I expect to be a good pairing. Kyle Walker-Peters had a decent year for them last year. We'll step forward again. Ryan Bertrand's a good left back. They've got good options in goal. McCarthy's good. Forster's good. Angus Gunn is better than we saw last year. They've got three good options there. I still think they need one in midfield to partner Ward-Prowse and probably one more in attack. But they do have a good squad. and They've got a really good manager. They've got a set way of playing. They have an identity. And that's important. And I think they jumped themselves to 10th this season, um, which is, you know, it's a good season. Uh, I've got Brighton in 11th, and this this is a team making a jump, I think. I, they haven't really added anything, but I do think the addition of Ben White coming back off loan is massive. I think he's going to be tremendous. If they go to a back three, I think they'll improve. They'll play a little bit more the way Potter wants them to play. I expect a big season from Alexis McAllister. I think they've managed to keep all their key pieces and I still think they'll buy. I think they'll buy one in attack at least and a left wing back. And I think Brighton will get 11th, which would be big progress uh, for Potter and for Brighton. Burnley in 12th. um, It's a drop, obviously, from last season. Which I think is fair. They haven't bought anybody. They haven't done anything in the market. They lost Jeff Hendrick. They lost Aaron Lennon. They lost Joe Hart. Hart doesn't really matter, but the other two in particular, Jeff Hendrick, they do matter. They're, they, Jeff Hendrick was an important player for them. They're getting older. Loudon at right back is is thirty one now. Um, the midfielders are you know in around thirty. Did injuries last year to the likes of Ashley Barnes, Charlie Taylor missed quite a bit of time. Ben Meade. Thought we saw a little bit of slippage from him last year. They've got re- they've got really good partnerships, and I do like the spine. I, I like Nick Pope. I like I really like Tarkovsky, and and him and me is a good pairing. Cork and Westwood's a good pairing, and then the front t- front two uh, Wood and Barnes is a good pairing. They just lack a little bit of quality in certain areas. I think an upgrade at right back and an upgrade on the right wing could really see them take you know take a step into. That group with Arsenal, Leicester, Wolves, etc. Because uh, I think they're so well managed. I, I've said before, Deich is one of the six or seven best managers in the league. People don't like him, but you know the results speak for itself. Two top ten finishes with with Burnley with no money to spend. Net spend of about $30 million over the eight years he's been there and he's got them promoted twice and had the two top ten finishes. Come on. Sean Deich, great manager. Um, Burnley in 12th. Crystal Palace in thirteenth, uh, one spot up from last year. Uh, really like the easy signing. Really like the Ferguson signing. Looks like uh, Bachi is is coming on loan as well. That's the goal scorer that they needed. If they can keep Zaha, and there's been a couple of rumours in the last couple of days that maybe he wants to go, but nothing from anyone I'd class as reliable on that. Um, so uh, you know, a Zaha Bachi easy front three. That's That's something you can hang your hat on. I still think they need a body in midfield. And I'd like to see them get in a young centre-back that they can develop. But, you know, they've had a good summer. It's the start, I think, of a new dawn for Palace getting younger. I, I think they'll get younger after the season as well in terms of the manager. So, I think Palace are upwardly mobile. Sheffield United in 14th. Now, that's a big drop. I appreciate, and I I do like the business they've done this summer. I just think second season syndrome is real. I think it's always tougher for teams in that second season, especially if they've outperformed expectations. Teams will be a little bit more familiar with them now. They'll already have had two good looks at them, so they'll be more aware of what Sheffield United are going to do, more aware of the little quirks and tweaks that Chris Wilder has. They're not all that far from... Again, that that upper group, um, they need a striker. I think they need, I think they'd need to bring put Ampadu into the team and upgrade in midfield and get a goal scorer though. So I think they'd need at least two more really good signs, a, a really good goal scorer and a really good upgrade in midfield, like a you know someone to upgrade on either Ollie Norwood or John Fleck. I think they're good players, but I think there's a cap on what they can, can do for you. If they could get another Sander quality player into that midfield, I think that would make a huge difference to them. So I don't think they're in any trouble. I don't think they're going to be in anything resembling a relegation battle. They could as easily finish 10th as 14th. And that's the thing with this. pretty much this entire group. I think they're really closely bunched. I think there is a gap to Leicester, Everton, Wolves and Arsenal but I don't think it's an insurmountable gap I think they could all potentially close it with a couple of signings well not all but most of them with a couple of signings so it wouldn't surprise me if Sheffield United finished 10th likely it wouldn't surprise me if they finished 16th I think this group is really really tightly bunched Um, but I've got Sheffield United at 14th I've got Leeds United at 15th Um, And I may be overrating the Bielsa factor here, but it is largely on the Bielsa factor that I think they will be 15th and not in the bottom three. Um, I think he's just a great manager. Pure and simple, I think he's a great manager. I think they've made smart buys. I think they'll make a couple more. If they add Rodrigo de Paul, that's going to be huge. But I've got Leeds at 15th. and. and a, a lot of it is down to Bielsa. And then I've got Aston Villa at 16th. Uh, but again, not all that far from being 10th. This group is literally, it's split, splitting hairs, I think, with this entire group. I think they're all really, really good teams with quality players, but with holes, with, with areas they need to upgrade on. Villa are no different. Love the signing of Watkins. Absolutely love the signing of Maddie Cash. Still work to do, though. Need another striker. with another goal scorer need to add some more quality in midfield need to get a little bit more goals from midfield and they need to figure out what to do at center back uh, goalkeeper emmy martinez looks like a strong possibility i'm not sure i would pay 20 million for emmy martinez i i don't know that emmy martinez is better than tom heaton i think i think tom heaton's proven himself over a number of years to be a very good goalkeeper now he is 34 he is coming off a bad injury but i I still think he might be a better goalkeeper than Emi Martinez. Um, but yeah, Villa 16. Then I think there is a gap. And then I think it's quite a big gap to so the bottom four. Fulham, Newcastle, West Brom, West Ham. I think Newcastle are the one that survive. I think Newcastle, I have them in 17th. And it's it's only in the last couple of days that I've done that. The signings of Callum Wilson and Jamal Lewis, uh, for me, pulled them out of the bottom three. I think Lewis is a really good left back. Wilson's a good forward. They still need more goals. That's still the big need for them because Wilson will get you 10 to 12. Jolington might get you 8 to 10. I think you need... And and Maximum and Almiron are not big goal scorers. Neither is Ryan Fraser. So... I think they need to add more goals, Uh, whether it's just someone off the bench, someone a little bit older who's reliable. Who that is, I don't know, but I think they need more goals in the team. That would be my one worry about them. Um, I've got West Brom in 18th. I think they're the one that could survive if it's not Newcastle, because I like the manager. I like the business so far with with Dean Ganna, with keeping Pereira. Um, I'd really like to see them add Carolyn Grant. I think they still need... If they, if they can get Conor Gallagher in midfield from Chelsea, if that deal goes through, that's the addition they want in midfield. That's a good move as well. I still think they need one in defence. I still worry about them conceding too many goals in the Premier League. Um, I think there's there's got to be a loan out there that they can go and, and do. If they don't have the money to buy somebody, there's got to be a loan out there that they can go and push for. Um, if they stay up, I think it'll be a great accomplishment for them. Uh, but at the moment, I have them in eighteenth. I have West Ham in nineteenth, and it's purely on the basis of they have a lot of attacking talent. So I don't think they'll finish bottom. But uh, they're having the worst summer of everybody. There's an awful lot of discontent among the squad. That's clear. We've seen their their club captain spoke out on social media about the sale of Grady D in Ghana. That's not good. That's not good at all. I don't know. I, I, I've said before, I think Moyes has proven in the past he's a good manager. There's, you cannot doubt that David Moyes at Everton was a good manager. There's just no way to dispute it. He didn't win anything, that's fine, but he was a good manager there. Didn't work at United. Didn't work at Real Saucy Dad. Didn't work at, at Sunderland at all. Worked well at West Ham the first time. Not sure it really worked last year. One point more than Pellegrini, who got sacked in the same amount of games. Majority majority of it in a seven-game run. The same as Pellegrini. Pellegrini had the first seven. Well he's got the last seven. And the last seven are post-lockdown. A lot of teams not trying. I'm not sure I, I believe in those points. I have West Ham in 19th position going down. I think if they go down, I think they're screwed. I think they're absolutely screwed to the wall if they go down. I think they've got the worst owners. It's, it's those two are Ashley. Um, those two probably do a better job at spinning. You know, they've got their little cronies in in, in the mainstream that will spin for them and tell their lies. But since they took over at West Ham, it's been false step after false step. Then they try to go big, and then they just don't stick with a manager. They don't stick with an identity. They don't stick with an idea. And that's partly why I think Moyes goes first before anyone else. And I think we see maybe three managers take charge of West Ham next year. But I have them going down. And unfortunately, Fulham, you haven't done enough. I have Fulham in 20th. I would like to think that they will continue to strengthen. I would like to think that they could stay up, because I quite like Fulham. I don't have, you know you Ever since Kevin Keegan went there and the, the project under Al-Fayyad, but I, I just don't think they have the quality. They're coming up with very much a League One squad. And unfortunately, I just think the, the, the golfing quality will be too much for them. So I think Fulham are staring at a return to the championship in 20th position. So to run through from top to bottom, Liverpool... Manchester City, Spurs, Chelsea, United, Arsenal, Wolves, Everton, Leicester City, Southampton, Brighton & Hove Albion, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, Leeds United, Aston Villa, Newcastle United, West Bromwich Albion, West Ham United and Fulham Football Club. That is my prediction right now at the final Premier League table whenever the season ends. Could be my, could be May. Could be twenty twenty two, depending on the pandemic. Um, again, this is early. This is based on what teams have done to now. There's a month left in the transfer window, and there are going to be a lot more moves. Everybody's going to make more moves. So I'll read. I'll I'll return to that um, when the transfer window closes. I'll, I'll be doing a a review of the transfer window with Kevin DeVries uh, of the EPL Roundtable. So we'll we'll release one part on his feed and one part on this feed and um and then I'll do I'll do my predictions at that point again for the uh for the Premier League table. So that's it that's my show for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh it's quite a bit of work put into coming up with that table. You, you know, I thought this will take 10 minutes genuinely. I sat down and thought this will take 10 minutes. That's no problem. And I must have written it out 50 times. Run over who everybody bought, The form from last year, players that I think had good years last year that won't have so good years this year, players that had bad years last year that I think will have good years this year. And that's what I'm with. That's what I've got. Um, I I assume I will get the usual complaint texts from Manchester United supporting friends. Uh, I will get the accusations of bias uh, as I've picked Liverpool to win the league. But that's what I think is going to happen. So that's me. Uh, Thanks always for listening. And I will see you tomorrow, Sports Social Podcast Network.